Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. We are back with another episode of The Geek Buddies! I am one of your hosts here, John Roca. I am a writer, producer, and host over at Collider, co-host of the Top Ten and the Cinephiles. And look, if we... um, Last week, we had a fantastic episode between Shannon McClung and I talking about all kinds of things. I want to tell you, people responded so positively to it, had so many great things to say, tweeted at us, Sent us words of, of just great uh, uh, support for our back and forth, how we soldiered on. And if you notice, when we did the Geek Buddies just to start the episode, somebody was a little late coming in, and maybe they're rusty. And that person, of course, was the person who was in Cape Cod uh, giving in to his carnal desires. Uh, Michael Vogel, welcome back to the Geek Buddies for this week. How are you, man? It was, a, uh, it was quite a welcome. <laughs> It was quite. It was quite a welcome back. Uh, I'm glad. Glad to be here. <laughs> Inflection on the question mark. Oh no, we got it. Uh, we all caught it. Yeah, this is Michael Vogel. Uh, Projection is not your issue. Writer, writer, producer of animated TV shows and movies, and apparently uh, the least liked geek buddy. No, no so, one. Would say uh, it. So probably it, the most interesting. Liked. Yeah, back back from a. Uh, Back from a lovely week in Cape Cod yeah. uh, for the 4th of July, celebrating our independence. I and, bet you uh, were, Chief. I bet and, you were. And uh, it was a lovely time. Yep. But I miss you guys. I will say, I yeah. will say, uh, watching, listening to the Geek Buddies yeah. and not being able to yell at you guys when you're wrong or was very frustrating. Show. Or dictate the show, I'm sure, was very frustrating. Uh, yeah, I was actually, it was, it was really rough because I was listening to the episode, not being on it, and I was actually just yelling out. What the what the what the directions for the show should be, but nobody was listening to me. Mm-hmm. Where, where did well? By the way, this is Shannon McClung. I'm also an animation writer, a TV actor. You see me on Jane the Virgin, Silicon Valley, and Cold Black, and also the other half of the best episode of the Geek Buddies. Yeah, I mean, it really, agreed. just it's a two handed system. It was. What, what? Where were we? I feel like this is homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down, Pelosi. This is, this is, Calm this down, Pelosi. <laughs> <laughs> where were we? What What sticks out in your yeah. head as us being? I'll wrong? tell you. Exactly what it was. You got Roked, brother. I you got, got Roked. You got Roked. How did I get Roked? You are you talking about the trial of John Stephen? The, I was talking the trial. The trial of John Stephen Roka. Yeah. Uh, any of any of uh, any of the outlaws fans out there? I'm gonna give like let you in on a little secret. Uh oh. This is a John Roka argument strategy. Yep. 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 Break it down. He was you. He was going on all the reasons that he didn't like Goonies that were surface at best, and. Uh, and, be, and when he ran out of surface reasons, he zigged into other movies all of a sudden, and you took it hook, line, and sinker. You went with him down a road, and I'm listening to this on my walk, and I'm like, no! Get back on track! You're getting real good! You're getting real good! 
And then, and that moment, I knew he won. He beat you. No, no, no. He didn't win. It was that it was getting close to the end of the episode. I'm like, oh, I'm kind of ready to wrap this he, up. If you got, I was guilt found guilty on both counts. Yeah. But um, I love how you think there's something below the surface of the Goonies. That's some, one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. The whole film is surface, Chico. There's nothing below the surface of the Goonies, for God's sakes. Listen, we're going to revisit this Goonies thing another day. That's fine. I'm going to come prepared. Okay. Okay, Johnny, Co- I'm be Johnny like, I'm Cochran. Be like, I'm going to be like Reese Witherspoon in Legally Blonde. I'm going to come in with a little pink sports jacket, ready to rock. <laughs> Briefcase with a little dog sticking out of it. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> it won't be Bosco. He doesn't fit in a briefcase. <laughs> no, you need a giant suitcase for him. <laughs> Oversized piece of luggage. <laughs> but honestly, we did miss you last week, man, but we were, we were cheering you on. We were hoping you'd call in, actually, and you know we we like grill you for a few minutes. On I'm gonna some tell you what call. happened. Be honest. Be honest yeah, with the world. Please do. You texted me and you were like, "Are you gonna call in for Geek Buddies?" <laughs> and I was literally laying on a dock. Oh, three rosés in. Uh huh. And I thought to myself. This is not going to happen. Oh, that sounds like the perfect way yeah. to do it. What the hell is wrong with you? Just hit speaker and lay it on your chest. Yeah, no, I was like, I was like, there's no way. So I, I told you that I couldn't do it. Yeah. I put my rosé down. I walked down the dock. I got in a kayak and I took myself out on a little tour of Cape Cod. And, uh, and wait, that was my afternoon. Wait a damn second. You're saying that you were too drunk to call, but not too drunk to kayak? That makes no sense. Kayaking is easy, guys. So is hitting seven numbers on a freaking phone. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it is, nine, ten numbers, whatever. Well, it's, it's ten numbers now. Ten but numbers. I mean, it, wouldn't even, it wouldn't even be seven numbers because it's literally swipe up, call, uh, yeah. context. Call text? Yeah. Yeah. Three button pushes. No, even, uh, even one button push, boop, call Roka. Boom. Siri calls you. Maybe next time, fellas. Okay. Maybe next time. All right. Maybe next time we put the call and the kayak together. Yeah. I just had visions of my phone going in the water. <laughs> oh, literally, as soon as all I could think of, and like that's dirty water. Like if something goes in, it doesn't oh, yeah. come back. <laughs> oh no, I had the same visions. This is why yeah. I thought it would be funny. Yeah, I, I had that happen to me one time in Santa Barbara when I was when I was dating Jamie Jean, one of my ex girlfriends. We were kayaking, and the phone, even with the plastic bag. Got waterlogged, <laughs> rolling over, and because I couldn't kayak to save my. We life. actually did have a guy this week. There was like there was like maybe ten of us down on the dock, and yeah. this guy gets up and he goes, "Shit, where's my phone?" And he looks <laughs> over the dock, and his phone had fallen through the cracks. Oh no! Of the dock, and three guys. I you, you would have thought that I was spending the week with SEAL Team Six. Right? They are not SEAL Team Six. They're Family Guy writers. It's a very different thing. But they jumped in the water. <laughs> And they went underneath the dock and they started like, they're like, they're like, let's go out in formation. Everybody get in your lane. They found the phone. Wow. (laughs) They found the phone. And the phone was retrieved, like saved. We thought it was. We ran it upstairs. We put it in rice. But then the next day he was like, no, I had to get a new phone. I think he just wanted a new phone. Probably. Probably. (laughs) They wanted to lose it. They have to, they found it, which messed his whole plan up. Yeah. How long was the phone submerged? Like 10 minutes. Yeah, I don't think there's enough rice <laughs> to to extract all that water. Not even in China. All right, so there we go. Let's move on. Uh, for those of you who are listening to us for the first time, I thank you so much for finding us. Um, one of Shannon's sister's friends, is that correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's... One of my older sister's friends. His name is his name is Joe Scrimpture. He, no. he listens to the podcast. He reached out to me on Facebook, and then no. he actually tweeted out today. There about, you go. Yeah. Step by step, piece by piece. Um 
My girlfriend's cousin listens to us now. She uh, sent me a text a couple days ago saying she caught up on the Geek Buddies, loves the podcast. So, yeah, it's one by one, piece by piece, step by step, but we are building people. I know some of you who listen to my other podcasts, we have thousands and thousands, but this one, you forget that I had to build those up. We are building this up, and hopefully it hits that thousands and thousands of mark, mark as well. I think we're doing some great shows. So I'm excited. So if you're if this is your first time, thanks so much for coming aboard. If it's not your first time and you've been listening to us, thanks so much for staying aboard. Uh, we really appreciate it. And kayaking with us. Hey, you know. um, one last thing I want to pour s- the rosé, get in the kayak. <laughs> let's take it off. Guys. Let's do this thing. <laughs> let's geek that buddy. Um, what did I want to say? One last thing. God damn it. Well, I lost it. I lost it. Uh, oh, yeah. So, so you, you found it. Let's yeah. geek that buddy is our new slogan. You found it, my friend. <laughs> That's the front of the shirt. The back of the shirt is pour the rosé, get in the kayak. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody design that shirt and send us a design. That'll be the first Geek Buddy shirt we sell. But um, uh, the way we run the show is each of us uh, uh, brings up one geek news item. We discuss it amongst ourselves and move on to the next one. And then we have a main topic uh, for the show. And this week, the main topic... On the eve of Comic-Con next week, happening next week, we thought we'd go through some panels and talk about what we're looking forward to. Oh, sorry, Mike, uh, at Comic-Con. So we'll get into that. So um, who wants to go first with their geek news item? Well, yeah, I will hop in first. Okay. Okay, so uh, it was announced today that uh, the oft-mentioned, rarely news happens, Sherlock Holmes 3, yeah. uh, Guy Ritchie is not going to be directing it. It is actually going to be Dexter Fletcher of wow. Rocketman fame and the guy that uh, behind the scenes took over for Brian Singer yeah. on Bohemian Rhapsody. Now, I was a big fan of both of these movies. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it was the type of movie that I don't know if either one of them ever opened at number one at the box office. It probably opened a little below expectations, but it had legs. Like, people just coming, kept coming and coming and yeah, coming yeah, yeah. to see it. Whoa, 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 you know, you, you, why, why, why the face? Do we care about Sherlock Holmes? I absolutely do. I absolutely do. Sorry, what? No, do we care about these Sherlock Holmes after Benedict Cumberbatch comes along? Yes, yes, because, yes I absolutely. Even I, more I, so, I, considering that 100%. last season of Sherlock. Well, that, I, okay, that's true. Good point, good point. BBC Sherlock kind of went off the rails. Like, the first two Sherlock movies, uh... I love the second oh, yeah. one. I think Jared Harris as uh, Moriarty is fantastic. And they really left it open to be like, all right, what is going to happen next? Yeah. And there were talks of it starting. Then it would stop. Again, it would start. It would stop. And then Robert Downey Jr. got so tied up with uh, just you know, saving the universe, be, being Iron Man, right. that this it's it looked like the film had effectively been shelved. It, it had been put on a calendar and it had been taken off again. And then today comes the news that the guy who rescued Bohemian Rhapsody and delivered Rocket Man is going to be directing Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. What do you guys think about this? I like this because, like you, I enjoyed Rocket Man. Um, I don't want to give a singer too much credit for Bohemian Rhapsody. I want to think Dexter came in there and kind of smoothed the edges out. Uh, and shepherded that thing into an Oscar nomination. Um, but uh, I think it's fantastic uh, and interesting to have him taken over. I need to know what's going on behind the scenes with Guy Ritchie not uh, stepping into the director's chair for this one. I, I'm concerned about that. Um, one of the Schmodown guys, uh, Ethan, uh, um, I think is rumored to be writing the script, and there's other people mentioned for writing the script. I don't know, who, I don't know exactly who's writing the script, but there have been some rumors dancing around who, uh, of people writing the script. Um, but it's been a bit, so Mike makes a great point. It's been a bit since the second one. Game of Shadows has been like five years, hasn't it? I think it's actually been more. I want to say Game of Shadows was 2011. Jeez, eight maybe. years. Wow, that uh, is a I long feel like the first time. The one was 2009, and I feel like the second one 
was 2011. Yeah, so you have to ask yourself, like, what was the public's um, hankering for a third one if it took this long to get it done? Uh, but I hope it's a good one, and I and I'm I don't find Dexter Fletcher to be a, a director with a signature style like Guy Ritchie has. So it'll be curious to see what he does with this thing and take uh, it over. There better for- be musical numbers. Oh, okay. Sherlock the Musical, you with me? <laughs> Nobody, is that just me? Okay, cool. Y'all wait and see. But also, when you look back at the first two Sherlock Holmes movies, yeah. which again, I think of the three of us, I think I enjoyed them the most, the guy richiness of them oh. was not the real selling point of those movies. Like, I don't think you needed a Guy Ritchie behind the I don't remember on Game of Shadows that much. Uh, you know what I do remember? Mm. I remember the fight with him and Moriarty. At yeah, the, that's great. And the, yeah. Way they, the way he did that with them sort of like thinking through everything before they did it. The whole, like, that was awesome. That yeah. was good. Mm-hmm. I, felt, I felt like that was a Guy Ritchie. Yeah. That was, that was, that was very, a very Guy Ritchie thing. I think both of them have issues, right? The first one, Rachel McAdams at times feels miscast in that role. And then in the second one, the story seems to kind of go in on a tangent with the Numi Rapace story. Like it just seems weird and out of place and you get why it's in there, but it still seems a little weird out of place. And then when we get back on track. Then we enjoy the rest of the movie. Certainly when it leads to the Moriarty yeah. fight, which is fantastic. And there's that guy richiness in the first film too, when he's like dissecting how he's going to fight that dude in the, in the, the ring there early. But this is an older Holmes now. Cause Robert Downey Jr. Was what in his fifties mm-hmm. walked away from Marvel certainly was showing the age in Endgame. So I wonder how this will work. What, on uh, this is it, what is this universal? Was it? Mm, Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. Warner mm. Brothers. Uh, I mean, I mean, I think that, that's kind of your answer to why that. I mean, like you know, everybody is scrambling to find whatever franchises they have, yeah, and try and do something. And Robert Downey Jr. having that sort of Tony Stark cachet, you know, it's just like I think that everyone is trying to find an answer to what do you do about the juggernaut that is Disney, right? <laughs> and the thing that you do is, well, take take one of Disney's star hitters. And put him in your movie, yeah, and get people out there. And the name Sherlock Holmes still carries some weight to it. So I mean, if it, if it's good, you know, if they, if they can revive that franchise, get people excited about it, great, all the better. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll I mean, see. it was originally dated for December 2020. Yeah, with his announcement. Now they're saying December 2021. Yeah. So we will find out in two and a half years. Yeah, I guess we'll find out soon. Oh, in a couple of time. But I, I, I want to see what case they take on because once you put Moriarty in the mix, you've kind of hit the. What is it? The zenith is at the top. The zenith, the apex, the apex, the acme, if the, you will. The what? The acme. Wow. All the right. Acme. High point. The acme. The What's the zenith? The zenith is the. Uh... Yeah. Tell me. You, the, you two are the writers. <laughs> Come on, writers. <laughs> Isn't that a television? <laughs> <laughs> and Shannon just grew old hair on his face. Age spots just exploded onto his hands. Isn't that a television? <laughs> yeah. Yes, it once was. The, the zenith is an imaginary point directly above a particular location on the imaginary celestial sphere. Okay, fair enough. Well, movies are imaginary, so I'll take it. I'll yeah. claim it. I'll claim it. <laughs> uh, but yes, the apex seems more like Moriarty. Is like in the Sherlock Holmes TV show. Once Moriarty was introduced and possibly died in that second one, they have never been able to find the magic. That they had yeah, that's true. once he, he was removed. So once you play that card, it's really tough to come back. Not that Sherlock Holmes doesn't have great stories. It's just tough to come back. Well, what was, what was the name of the fall? Was it Reichenbach? 
Is that the name of the falls in Switzerland? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, in the books, like, they never found they do. either one of them. Right, right. So who's to say that Jared Harris can't come back? True. In the sto- in the books, they claim, or, or Helms claims that he landed on Moriarty's body, and it's why he survived, but who knows? We'll <laughs> see. Uh, what's your geek news, Mike? My geek news, I feel like we're, uh, I feel like we have, like, a, every couple weeks we get a little bit more Bill and Ted yeah. updates. Like, we're going we're to have, like, these Bill and Ted updates all the way till the movie's released. We talk about Bill and Ted once a week. <laughs> Wait till um, we get Keanu and Alex to come on the show to talk about it. We yeah. will. I like it. Uh, but so we got some more information. I know a few weeks ago we were talking about when we were talking about the announcement uh, with George Carlin's passing, who was going to be the new Rufus. We talked about who can fill those shoes. Well, apparently they have filled those shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, just announced uh, that Kristen Shaw is has been cast in Bill and Ted Three okay. as Kelly, a messenger from the future. So nobody knows for sure if that is necessarily filling the Rufus character, but that sounds like yeah. Pretty a pretty Rufusy thing. Uh, and the other announcement was Holland Taylor, who is playing the supreme, the great leader, described as the most powerful person in the universe. The center of which is San Dimas, California, seven hundred years in the future. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, apparently, the center of the universe is San Dimas, which who knew that was coming? Right. Uh, although their high school football team does rule. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I I think this is cool. Like I, okay. I I love Holland Taylor. I feel like Holland Taylor is every gay man's favorite aunt. Like <laughs> she's like like she's just kind of awesome and cool, and yeah, you just want to hang out with her. And I love Kristen Shaw, so I I think this is interesting. It's an interesting choice. Yeah, to uh, say the least. Very very not George Carlin-y. Um Yeah, yeah, and the, and you would think that's what they're trying to get away from. Like they're not trying to yeah. find someone to basically you know play the same role yeah but i mean kristen shaw her her shtick the one thing that she does i think is very funny but i feel like that's all she has shown us the past few years and wondering is she going to try something new is she going to do the same old thing if it's the same old thing it's like it's 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 a little tired now i think that's a fair point you do wonder could they have found um, a a an a comedic actress with a bit more range. Not that Kristen Schaal isn't a good act, comedic actress, isn't a good actress. Obviously, she had great moments for a lot of people in uh, Last Man on Last Earth, Man on Earth yeah. uh, and a couple other movies. But um, you look And at, she's no. Mabel Pines on Gravity Falls, which is probably the greatest single role she's ever played. There you go. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's just not forget about Gravity Falls here. I respect that. <laughs> I, I was hoping uh, Tiffany Haddish would be in play. I was hoping tough somebody like you know, a little more flavor. I'm not saying anything, but a little more flavor there. Apparently, San Dimas is very white. Yeah, I was just going to say that. And so is the future, apparently. Um, Holland Taylor, also white. Gay, but also white. So You, you, can, you can be gay and white. You can, <laughs> you can be both of those things. Especially in Cape Cod. <laughs> well, I love Holland Taylor, too. I've always enjoyed her. Uh, she's always popping up on t- the TV shows and whatever. I think she's dating Sarah Paulson, or she's married to Sarah Paulson. Yeah, they're together. Yeah, and so it's like, uh, she's great. Really? Oh, yeah, it's been you a while. Know that? been no, a I didn't yeah. know that. What is the yeah. age difference there? Hey, uh, that's not for us to say. Age is just or a judge. Yeah, no, no. Age is just Shannon. a number, Shannon. Just cur- I, was just I was just curious. I was just curious. Well, it was fun doing the Geek Buddies. <laughs> uh, but no, so so I do I do like Kristen Shaw. Yeah. I, uh, I I think it'll be it, it it's kind of like what you guys were saying last week when you guys hit on the you thought that John didn't like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, but he really just didn't like Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, and you were like, fair point. <laughs> uh, 
you got Roken. This is yep. like it's like it's like the Bill and Ted franchise is at fifty fifty right now, and part three is going to decide. Oh yeah, it's a rubber match. It's, it's absolutely it's, it's like, the it's, rubber could match. Could go either way. Here, guys. <laughs> could go either way. It's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it works out. We're gonna get it. We're gonna get a. We're gonna get a classic Abraham Lincoln speech, or we're gonna get two aliens running at each other and making oh. one alien. It's gonna be one thing or the other. I don't know. We're gonna do you, see. Do you think they look back on Bogus Journey and be like, "No, we nailed it." No, I think they look back on Boga's journey and they were like, those were some good drugs. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think, and, and, and like, and you guys, I mean, you guys already touched on this last week, but Boga's journey is in, is by no means a bad movie. Boga's journey is a very uneven movie. That's what, yeah, I think that's like, fair. Uh, Bill and Ted playing death in Twister and Battleship. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You have sunk my battleship. Like, <laughs> it, it's funny. Yep. Like, there's good stuff. It's just, that movie's bananas. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, but like over the years, as I've sort of like revisited it very occasionally, but I revisit <laughs> it, you know, there's some movies that you watch and you go back and you're like, God, that was bad. And that's when you watch, you're like, it's so crazy that I don't even think I can call it bad. Yeah. It's like, it's like the friend that you had in college that would just do crazy, crazy shit. And you're like, I don't. I'm not when he goes to jail, I'm not going to take responsibility <laughs> for him. But I'm enjoying I'm enjo- this is the craziest thing I've ever seen someone do. Right. I didn't know I didn't know you could do that in a Denny's. <laughs> like that's what Bill and Ted's bogus journey is. It's the best reality show ever. It's going to end. I know it's going to end, but I'm enjoying it for now. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, uh, again, I I think these are all fine actors and actresses and comedians and whatever. I just I would I wanted to see a little more color. It's 2019. Let's get on I board. Don't I don't disagree with that. Yeah. Let's get on board, people. Anyway, all right. Let's move on to third geek news item, which will lead us into our main topic, uh, is coming to us from Empire Magazine. Todd Phillips was interviewed about Joker, the movie. Can I tell you guys, I saw the trailer. Oh, when we saw the trailer again at Godzilla Kings of, King of Monsters, I got so crazy psyched all over again for this movie. Seeing the trailer on the big screen makes me think like how much more awesome this film is going to be on the big screen. Well, Todd Phillips was interviewed in Empire. Empire released some new images. Not really a lot from the images, but like two or three images uh, uh, from the movie. And he was asked about uh, the script and uh, him and co-writer Scott Silver. He said, Todd Phillips said, we ignored the comics. We didn't follow anything from the comic books, which people are going to be mad about. We just wrote our own version of where a guy like Joker might come from. That's what was interesting to me. We're not even doing Joker. But the story of becoming Joker, it's about this man. Okay, so, of course, this split the internet in half. People were upset, like, oh, this sounds like... Wait a minute, the internet got upset about something? (laughs) Right. Uh, But yeah, it split the internet in half. People were like, on one side, we're saying, well, this sounds to me like they didn't want to do the research about the Joker. And the other side was like, this is great because this is a new take in the Joker. You don't, you never know the Joker's origin story. So you can do whatever you want with the Joker. This makes sense. And some news or rumors leaked out that this is, that Joker is actually the hero of the movie and Thomas Wayne is the villain. Yeah. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that. I've heard that. uh, I've heard that Thomas Wayne is almost like a, uh, a Trump, a Donald Trump type of character. Uh, and what he is doing to Gotham is sort of what leads to this version of the Joker's sort of falling down moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, where he becomes a Joker and he almost becomes like a hero to the people of Gotham. Yeah. So this is – so I am split a little bit on this. Yeah. Oh, wow. I got – I have no issue with somebody telling 
any version of a character. And like, you know, the bigger issue I have with like maybe the bigger DC universe is when you're building out to a giant franchise of something where you want yeah. all these things to connect, like there's a lot of source material that you should probably stick to to help build things and 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 meet expectations. But if you're if DC and Warner Brothers decide they're going to do these sort of smaller movies where you sort of take a character and really break them down and examine them, um, yeah. I, that's that's fair ground. That's interesting. I mean, plenty of comics have done that in the past, where you get a different take on Batman or Superman or the Joker or Lex Luthor or whoever. So yeah. I think that's completely fair ground, and it looks super interesting. And I think the trailer is awesome. Yeah. Um, turning the Joker into a hero, like turning him into the, like, there's certain things that I hear that I'm just like, it's cool that you're doing your own version. Yeah. Uh, is that what I want to see? Right. Don't betray the actual. Foundation of the character, the foundation of the inside. The foundation of the character is a villain. So if you turn him into a hero, I'm fine with it, but it better be like falling down, where at the end, where you're cheering for him at the beginning and through most of the movie, and then when you realize what he's, how far he's actually willing to go, then you turn off, right? Yeah. Like Azarello does in the Joker book. Yeah. Like that guy wants to work for him so bad until he actually sees what it's like to be a henchman well, for the Joker and is scared by the end for his life. And isn't that character in Suicide Squad? Isn't he like one of one of the Joker's one of the Joker's is guys? He? Oh, I think okay, so. okay. Like, yeah, he's a, he's a he's a bigger guy. Cool. I believe it's supposed to be the same character. Okay, but I remember hearing this when Alec Baldwin was allegedly right. going to be playing. Thomas Wayne yeah. and like the way that they sort of framed it how he was sort of the bad guy they made sort of a, like a Trump like a real estate type guy it's like oh I hope this isn't the way we go with it like it's okay to have a villain as your protagonist like you don't have to you can be happy with some of the things that he does there, there is some catharsis with that right. I mean but you don't ultimately yes he is the ultimate villain like don't frame him as a hero well, yeah. I think what it really begs is the question of like how far – look, you can take any character and do anything. I could write a version of Hamlet where mm-hmm. Hamlet kills his dad and his uncle is going to avenge his brother. Like, I can write that. Yeah, yeah. Is it really Hamlet then? Like, yeah. is it – like, that's like, like – like, with all of these, like, with these, with these comic book characters that have years of history to them, the question is – and I'm not saying what's right or wrong. Yeah, sure, like, sure. it's all art and people can do what they want. But it's like, well, if you're going to take – one of the DC Universe's top villains and place them in a world where we're going to see how this person became this person and we're going to do these things like you can take any character. You can take Thomas Wayne. You can take the Joker. You can take anyone and you can frame them up what you want. But at a certain point, I think you push too far and it breaks. Yeah. I think there's an elasticity of these characters. So I think that comic book fans – uh, and non-comic book fans who are going to see this movie, there's a level that people will go with you. Mm-hmm. You can push things and be elastic and change things and say, well, look, have you ever thought about the character this way? And that's cool. And then you reach a point where you push too far and people just go, look, that's a great movie. Don't call it Joker. Yeah. Right. And I, and I, and I, I think my I'm – right, I'm right writing the line because I think the trailer is so amazing. Yeah. But I'm with you, Shannon, that a couple of things I'm hearing, I'm like, okay – you got some leeway here, but at what point am I going to be like, nope, bullshit? It's sort of like the when Steve Rogers was briefly an agent of Hydra. Like when they first announced right. that, it was like, yeah, I can't do that. Yes. Although, I mean, did you read that whole arc in the comics? No, I didn't the read way it. they, yeah, yeah, the yeah. way that all resolved itself is a great read. Do you right. think it resolved? Do you think they, was yeah, it worth plan it? was did the no, ends justify the means? The plan was exactly what it was. Like okay. people freaked okay. out. They they didn't. 
that this is a whole other conversation for another day, but people freaked out, but clearly based on the way that rolled out, what they did was what they were always planning to do. And it was, that was one of those great comic book arcs that you read and you're like, that was good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's, it's those damn infinity stones, man. They fuck your shit up. <laughs> I think you make a great point about stretching a character out, uh, bending it. Cause like you, like you mentioned, if you use the Hamlet example, you can certainly write a Hamlet where Hamlet is insane and everyone else is like um, overwhelmed by his insanity, right? Mm-hmm. You can make it seem – because that still works within the parameters of what you've been handed with the source material in Hamlet. It doesn't mean that the – he could have imagined everything. The ghost – everything is through Hamlet's eyes. The ghost, everything – everyone is told, right? Horatio does eventually – See the ghost, but Horatio never hears the ghost speak. That's all through Hamlet. So you go through this and you go, oh, well, what if Hamlet is actually insane and everyone else is in this terrible kind of Stockholm Syndrome situation where he is holding the kingdom hostage because he has this shit he's trying to work out in his head? That works because that's still within the framework of the source. But with Joker, if you turn him into a full-fledged hero, you've actually betrayed what he's supposed to represent which is the madness of society and that chaos and that there is no construct that's worth it in society. So you might as well fuck institutions and go crazy. So it'll be interesting to see because yeah. that's the that's – the, you know, DC is trying a bunch of different things right now to figure out what they're, yeah, yeah. what they're all about. They don't know what they're all about yet and they're now – maybe not a full decade, but let's call them at least seven years behind Marvel – and they're still working their shit out and trying to find what their voice is and who they are. And this is a big step in that direction. And depending how this movie does is going to dictate, I think, a lot of where they go for the next five, six years. Yeah, and this could be like an Elseworlds or a Black Label thing. They just announced this week that they're doing a new Joker series and a new Question series. The Question mm-hmm. that's on the Black Label. And so it's going to explore another kind of other way to approach these characters. So maybe that's where they're putting this Joker. So it's just a one-off for fun. But it's, it's an interesting gamble to take by a studio on a property like this. We'll see. Uh, anyway, all right. Well, that's our Geek News Items of the Week. Da, 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 da. And we're moving on now. Ooh, we got new, we got yeah. new theme music. <laughs> Did, didn't you listen to last week's episode? <laughs> I didn't hear that last week. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> We might need a new uh, we might need a new music cue from our friend to put that in there. Um, but like the, the, we're moving on to the the main commerce main topic of this uh, episode, and that's about Comic Con. Uh, listen, the three of us, many people know, have listened on Outlaw Nation a few times with uh, Mike Kalinowski. With Mike Kalinowski, that we have driven down to Comic Con, and we've had great uh, conversations on the drive down. That's when I was doing it with two mics, making it work, uh, two microphones, <laughs> to, uh, trying to make it work, and only uh, only mildly dangerous on the road. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we've been able to to get great feedback from people who've enjoyed our trips down to Comic Con. Those episodes down to Comic Con. Unfortunately, I won't be going this year but that doesn't mean i can't still talk about comic-con with you guys and actually look at these panels now overall i want to get you guys impressions overall as you see these studios not coming warner brothers dc uh, stuff is not coming uh film wise tv stuff's coming um sony's not coming with any of the spider-verse stuff or or any of their spider-man stuff you will have marvel um do you feel that this is a little more of a lighter comic-con this year than before I think it's a little bit lighter. I think it's a TV heavy year. Okay. I mean, when you look at the panels, it's it's very TV heavy. It's mo- it's 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 movie light. Right. Uh, but I think it's also a sign of things to come. I think two things. Well, I think Sony's just not coming because I don't think they have anything to show. 
Oh, okay. I don't. I don't think that between whatever they're planning with Venom and whatever they've got going with their Spider Verse movie and their Spider Women movie, yeah, uh, yes. I, I mean, maybe they would show some concept art, but I think they just kind of had a we don't have enough, okay, so we're not going to do it. Uh, but then the other thing is, I mean, look, Marvel's coming down this year. Maybe Marvel will always do, but I mean, like Disney is building up D twenty three to be their thing, yeah. And I think we're going to see more and more of Star Wars news and Marvel news and Disney news coming out of that and not Comic-Con. So I think right. it'll be interesting to see. It's a great point you make because Star Wars just announced that they're going to be at D23 with their stuff. So Yeah, and you think with a lot of the studios, there there is a bit a, of a law of diminishing returns. Um, you know, yeah. last year in Hall H for the Warner Brothers panel, you know, Godzilla, King of Monsters, that got a huge reaction. It did. It did. And it, it underperformed yeah. slightly. I mean, DC not showing up. I mean, again, that's Warner Brothers, but DC not showing up. Maybe they're still in the middle of their course correction. Like, eh, one, we don't want to get run over by Marvel mm. again. Yeah, fair point. Um, but also, like, we need to figure out what we're what we're about before we start think, doing these big panels. Again. I, I think we're in, a, and we'll see where it all goes. I mean, you know, and anyone who's been a Comic Con goer mm -hmm, for years, mm -hmm. you know, Comic Con used to be comic books. Yeah, and it used to be you were a hardcore geek and you went. And it was comic books, and then the entertainment industry realized that there was an entire convention full of people yeah. two hours south of them that was just they, they, they would go on the internet mm -hmm. and they would spread the word for you and they're like let's do it and there was a couple of years there was a good 10 years maybe, oh yeah where that like the love affair was was good it was a good relationship mm -hmm. and then the relationship got a little rocky for lots of reasons for yeah. filming things that you weren't supposed to film and putting them on the internet right, right away for movies underperforming that seemed like you know you had the scott pilgrim yep. factor you know yep. scott pilgrim as we've talked about we all went to go see a screening of scott pilgrim thought it was the second coming of comic book movies and then the movie didn't do well so yeah. like there's I, I think that the to your point, it's the law of diminishing returns. It's that law of like, well, we can spend all this money and go down there, but is it really worth it? Yeah. Right. And yeah. put up all those people in the hotel rooms and do all that kind of stuff. That's extra added expense. And nowadays, studios seem, and it's ironic to say this, studios seem to be wanting to cut expenses wherever they can so they can spend on these large tentpole pictures and take a chance of making that money back as opposed to the smaller stuff like this, which is great for the fans. But those fans are already coming to your shit. Nobody going to Comic-Con goes... I don't know if I should go see this Mar Black Widow movie. Let me see the trailer at the Marvel event. And those trailers <laughs> drop immediately almost after they drop in the room. So you're going to get across to those people anyway. I think people I mean I think people will still continue to go. I think it's it's not oh, about I'm the not people they won't. It's not about the people that are there seeing the trailers. Right. It's about the you know Entertainment Weekly and EW, mm. uh, you know and EW online and other entertainment magazines I can't think of anything except Entertainment Weekly right now. Premiere um, Premiere, Variety, whatever, but like Empire. everyone kind of covers Comic Con now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you get your Comic Con issue. What happened at Comic Con? What were the hot trailers? What were the big announcements? And so there's still a lot of uh, buzz that's generated from it. Yeah, mm -hmm. and there's so many news outlets down there as well that you can hop on the internet. And yeah, it's it's like you're there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's you know it's interesting. I think the exclusive content that is starting to go away. Yep. Because like even with Warner Brothers, everything they showed last year, it was all trailers. Like they didn't yeah. show any special scenes. Marvel still does. I think yeah, I think the last big thing that was exclusive that yeah. I can think of that was and it still dropped, like you could see a really shitty version of it, because you guys saw it and I didn't, so I had to watch a shitty version oh, of the Infinity, Infinity War. War. Yeah. Well, I would know the Aquaman thing, the four six minutes thing, that didn't drop until months later. That's true. That right? is true. But yes, before that, absolutely the Infinity War thing. Which we got to see in that because you yeah the shitty thing of him throwing the moon down all of that was incredible 
Um, but yeah, but that's to get your taste. And you, you look at. Well, I, I know why Marvel's doing it. They're about to announce a new slate. I just I'm surprised DC isn't going down because a they're coming off a really good year with Shazam and Green and uh, sorry and uh, Aquaman uh, and Wonder Woman eighty four coming out. Like it just seems odd to me that they wouldn't at least come down with something, bring out people to have conversations. Even Wonder Woman eighty four, you could bring the cast out and have a conversation. Um, I, I think don't know. I think that studios are reticent to come down unless they have something really good to show. Okay. I think that... And you've look, worked in studios, so you, I think, you would know. I think that, look, you're, you're absolutely right. Warner Brothers could come down and they could bring out the entire cast of Wonder Woman yeah. and do a Q&A. They could bring an entire cast out of Birds of Prey and do a Q&A. Oh, yeah, there's another one. They could do a Joker thing. Sure. Obviously, that's going to have Todd Phillips come out. You're probably not going to get Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> and even if you could, do you want to? <laughs> uh, <laughs> But, you know, so, I mean, there's a ton of stuff that they could probably do, but unless they have that, that it's about that footage. Yeah. If you're not going to, like, if they came out and had a great Q&A with all the people they showed no footage, people would walk out of Hall H and they would be like, that was some bullshit. Yeah, show probably. Me the goods. And if they don't have goods to show, then it, it's it's the smart move not to just, just don't do it. I would find Especially it Especially because yeah. everybody knows, as you just said. Yeah. Uh, Marvel is coming to play. Yeah. Yeah. Marvel has been silent on what phase four of the MCU is going to be, aside from we know a Black Widow movie, we know Eternals, whatever. They've been silent. Yeah. And they are going to knock the socks off of Hall H this year. And everybody knows they are. And if I was Warner Brothers, I'd be like, no, man. Give him this. I'm not doing it. <laughs> this wedding better be worth it. Let me tell you. <laughs> I love my girlfriend, and I'm and I love these, and I really enjoy these two people getting married. But like, I, I missing this is is really rough for me. It's a 90 minute panel. Yeah. It's, it's a 90 minute panel. So I remember you, the one we went to, and they brought out all the Avengers. Two, that was yeah, awesome. man, That was 2010. Yeah, Loki. That was, that, that, to to your point about that, you know, the studios having to fly people yeah. over. Like they flew over. Chris Evans, uh, yeah. Hugo Weaving, and Joe Johnson. They flew them from Europe. Yeah. They had been shooting like two weeks. They had one little bit of a scene to show, which yeah. they showed. Yeah, they did. And even though, like, yes, they have their, they have the security there, they have the night vision cameras, you're still rolling the dice that this could conceivably end up online. Yeah, And true. it usually does. It usually does. And then they, they even said in the panel, like, we got to fly back tomorrow. I'm still trying to. I'm trying to figure out currently how I can get into Hall H just for the Marvel panel because I don't want to sit in there all day Saturday. You don't want to do the marathon. I don't want to do the marathon. <laughs> you, you, you've been past the marathon for a few years now. I I, I somehow managed to get in. Yeah, mostly, do. I didn't get in for the Infinity War year, but I I'm, I'm really hoping that I can vogel my way in there for mm. that Marvel panel this year. So we'll see. <laughs> Updates to come. <laughs> you remember that one year? Was it you? Yep, it was Lost. Shannon. It was- <laughs> Shannon and I, we were not in Hall H, oh. and I really wanted to go in the Lost panel, and I was like, let's just go up and talk to the security guard. And, and sh- there is a line out the door. <laughs> and Shannon was like, no, let's not do that. I'm like, it'll be fine. And I went up, and I... Char- charmed the pants I off charmed her. the pants off of her. <laughs> and I was like, listen, I know that you're not allowed to let us in, and I don't want to ask for your manager to try and get them to let us in, so I think you should just let us in. <laughs> Ooh. Damn. So that, so that then, like, who who's gonna know? You and me and this guy. Who's you, gonna know? And Shannon is like turning all shades of guilty oh, sure, red. Sure. Shannon does like, not like to impose. And on I people. was like, I was like, I was like, listen, you, me, him, you're gonna make our day. We're gonna tell stories about you for years. You're gonna be my hero. And yeah. she literally looked at me. She was like, get in there. <laughs> 
it, it was the opposite of a Jedi mind trick. It was Whoa. a Sith mind trick. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you used your powers for evil. <laughs> hey, man, That's we all do it. We all do it. Having Gabay slide me into the Iron Man 2 thing was incredible for me from behind. And we had just missed the Reese Iphens situation oh, with the security the guard. Spider-Man. Yeah, we had just yeah, yeah. missed that whole thing. So oh, it was man, crazy. That guy. Hearing those stories were crazy. That guy, I, I will never forget that panel because I want to say, oh, the actress from um, Archer, who, who's really funny. Aisha Ta- Tyler? Aisha, Aisha Tyler. Yeah. She was the moderator for that yeah. panel. And you could tell, like, I mean, Reese Fons, he has sort of a rocker, yeah. rocker vibe. His based off of his posture, it's like okay. I think maybe this guy had a long night, right? Or or maybe that night is still continuing right now. Um, but she was asking him like, how do you? How, the lizard is essentially a monster. How do you how do you justify playing a monster? Like where, how do you how do you get in there? And this sort of nonsensical babble <laughs> that he was came drunk out of and his he didn't mouth. care. <laughs> and there was sort of like he I I don't remember what he said, but it, it sort of it landed like a lead balloon. Yeah. And that's a hall that seats seven thousand people, and there was oh, quiet. Yeah. <laughs> and then you heard woo, <laughs> and then like slowly, <laughs> you heard this obligatory applause sprout up. Well, yeah. Yep. No, I was gonna say. So this gets to like the question you had posed was, yep. "What are the panels that we're excited?" So yeah, I yeah. think pretty much what we're talking about. I mean, I think that for you and me both, and ha- and if you were to be there, the number one panel is Marvel. It's Marvel. Yeah, Hall H. Hall H. Marvel. Like that is that is the prime panel of the year. That's the panel everyone who's at home refreshing their internet feed. Like you're waiting to hear what they're gonna do. Yeah, I've said I, a. You know, the Russo brothers just posted that clip. Earlier this week, yes, of it just said the date of the panel, and it was audio footage of them from when they showed Infinity War. Yeah, footage. yeah, yeah. We're like, we're not going to come here and not show you footage, and that's all they posted. Everyone's response on Twitter was like, I don't know what this means, but I'm excited. Right. Well, but you know what that date is? That is not the date of the Marvel panel. What is it? They're, so they that's the 19th. So there are two panels opening oh, right, Hall right. H. Oh, that's the Russos. It, it, that and is the writers. It's the Russos then the writers. Okay, so it's two separate panels. Right. So. The Russos um, will be interviewed by Frosty at Collider. Collider we set that up uh, at Collider because Frosty has uh, Steve Weintraub. He has a good relationship with the Russo brothers. So he'll be interviewing them. The writers, I think the writers are first and then the Russos. Yeah, I think that's right. I think the writers are so first. So Marcus and McFeely are going to talk about writing the movie and everything that went on writing these movies. Is he interviewing blah. them as well? He is a- not. No, okay. he, but he is doing the Russo brothers. That's a Collider-sponsored panel, I think. Um, but he he got it. Uh, so so be, yeah, I so could have gone to that one, no problem. I could have gotten be, us all into that. Well, one. thanks. I'm glad you're going to a wedding. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm excited. I'm I'm excited to see what that's going to be like. I and I don't think I'm not saying that this is what's going to happen. But I mean, I wouldn't even the, the way Marvel does these panels. They yeah. know the audience so well. I wouldn't even be surprised if they brought out like you know all the Avengers from Endgame, everybody, whatever, and then they brought out like. The fucking Fantastic Four, and that's how we announced. Holy it. Like, I mean, like, shit! Like they, there's so many things that they could do <sighs> that are going to blow everybody's mind. Like I can't wait to. This is it's gonna mm-hmm. that that's, that is hands down going to be the biggest news coming out of Comic Con this week. They must be furious that the Millie Bobby Brown thing leaked out. They must be 
absolutely, even though she denied it today. That she's in the Eternals. That she's in the Eternals. Right. They must be so furious. That was going to be an announcement for them. And it was happened to be on some uh, announcement uh, overseas that someone saw, picked up, and posted. Yeah, Variety saw that, picked up, and did an article on it. Wow. And so Millie, Millie denied it today, but... You know, she's been denying it. To, and jo- Joaquin denied Joker for so long before they finally yeah. announced it. So that, that's just the game. What uh, aside? So aside from Marvel, what are the other? Like, had you if you were yeah. going? What, what are you? Batman what are you, Beyond the twentieth anniversary. Yeah. I would absolutely stay in Hall H all day for that to catch that. Um, I think the Robert Kirkman out of curiosity ending Walking Dead like that just to be in the room for that one or two fan who is going to be passive aggressive about their question and be like why would you like I get that you have a, a control of your own work but why would you disappoint the fans like this tell me now that's what I want to, I would love to be in the room you want, you want to, to see, see that you want to see geek raid yeah I want to see geek rage. I want to see them I want to see re- them trying so hard to repress their geek rage but a little bit just spews out and they and then Kirkman has to respond to it because you know I met him through you years ago Bella who thinks on his feet all the time he will roll with whatever's asked of him so uh, I would be curious to see how he handles a question like that so I'd love to be in the room for that one Uh, outside of the Marvel stuff um, they are having their first sneak peek of I've got two yeah Uh, the first sneak peek of Pennyworth now as a project right I have I had no love for it whatsoever. I'm like, you're a se- okay. You're doing a prequel for Batman's Butler. It's like, right? Why? Like, it's it's where he and Thomas Wayne meet for the first time, and then the trailer came out. I'm like, God, that. I almost hate that it's called Pennyworth. I just wish, I wish it was called something else. I wish it was. They should have called it Ask Jeeves. <laughs> Was that a search engine? Is that what that yeah. was? Yeah, it was. For, for all of our younger listeners, that was a search engine way before <laughs> Google was a thing. <laughs> but I, I'm curious about seeing that, but they're also doing a panel. There is a new uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not what? coming out, hosted by Who? Bruce Campbell. Ah, perfect. And they're doing a panel with him. So Fucking even, perfect. Like, I grew up, Ripley's Believe It or Not was a series in the 80s where it was just sort of like each week they talked about a different mystery. They talked about Bigfoot or uh, aliens or whatever. Um, but Bruce Campbell is so endlessly entertaining yeah. in those types of panels. Yeah. That's something that... Uh, You'd be for down the convention, for yeah, that's that's something I'm really really looking forward to. I think the boys too. I would, yeah, I want to get a you know our friend Brad worked on the post production of it. I would love to go and see that uh, if they were going to show the first episode because I'm I'm just getting into the the comic book series. When does does that drop in July? It drops soon. I know that because okay. they've already to our TV talk guys over there, Collider. They've already sent out all the episodes for them to watch and review. Wow. It's 10 episodes, and they're a solid hour each episode. A solid hour. So. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. Um, my big one, aside yes. from the Marvel panel, is the Steven Universe panel. Oh, yeah. They'll be dropping the trailer for the Steven Universe movie that is coming out on Cartoon Network following the series. Uh, they just released the movie poster for it this week. You can check our Twitter page to see it. <laughs> uh, Who posted that? There, but there's definitely been a time jump from the series finale of Steven Universe. He looks a little older. Uh, nobody really knows what the movie's about. Nobody knows what's happening. But like, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a musical. There's lots of songs. It's more Steven Universe. And so the panel this year for Steven Universe, I think, is going to be really exciting. Like The Steven Universe fans are real. Like, nobody knows. And everybody loves the series, especially coming off the finale. It was so strong and so amazing. So I think... 
everyone's really curious about what's coming next for uh, for the Crystal Gems, and uh, I will I will be there to find out what happens. I'm very excited. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and then I'm on a panel this year. Oh yeah, t- talk to I about. I am. It. I'm on a panel this year. What's I was invited to be. Uh, if, uh, if any of our listeners happen to be at Comic Con on Friday mm-hmm. uh, at 6 p.m., if you want to come to uh, the to room 12 at the Marriott Marquis, I am on a panel called Gay Geeks and Where to Find Them. Oh, <laughs> is it tough finding? Uh, along with some other friends of my my friend Patrick Gomez, my friend Ted Biaselli from Netflix, a bunch yeah. of other people. Uh, says, an empowerment panel for LGBTQ plus in the entertainment industry, discussion on how to turn your favorite geeky fandoms into flourishing careers, the challenges and rewards of growing up gay, and how being a member of the LGBTQ plus community influences our work. So I will be there talking about gay things. <laughs> I like it. I respect it. That's 6 p.m. on Friday? Yep. Okay. Okay. I, okay. Would, I would be going to that. Yeah. Yeah. So. I never miss a Mike Vogel panel. Oh no, Mike is very, very entertaining he on a panel. He does a good job. No. Yep, I, 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 I <laughs> He's nodding in agreement. He yes, he, he. <laughs> I agree that I enjoy the spotlight. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it'll be a fun year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it kind of was like the year before last. Like, I mean, it got super crazy yes. for about three or four years. Yes. Where it was just like, this is getting to be uh-huh. almost too much. And then it sort of leveled out. And now it's it's back to being manageable. I'm hoping that it's obviously I want it. I, I don't want people to not go, but I, mean, yeah. I hope it, it is more of that reasonable. Well, it also got a little crazy with all of us for a few years because everybody was so busy doing different things. Yeah, true. And then we instituted the triple G rule. Yeah. Was that four years ago? Triple G. Oh, uh, what's the triple G rule again? Triple G. <laughs> so, so for everybody listening, so yeah. for all of us, I mean, you know, we all have been going to Comic-Con for years and years and years together mm-hmm. as friends. And my favorite thing about going to Comic-Con, even as an industry professional, is I have so many friends who go down there as, as industry professionals, and they go down, and they do their work, and they leave. And I always get to go down with these guys and our other friends who just love being down there. Yeah. But... As we've all gotten busier, I was doing a lot of stuff with My Little Pony, the series and the movie. Roka was doing the Collider stuff. Yeah. A lot of our other friends had other responsibilities. And so people were kind of like splitting up. And there was a couple of years at Comic-Con where we were all really busy and we ran around, but we just weren't having as much fun as we used to have. Yeah. And so then we all went there one year. And I think on the first night, I like we all got drinks. And I said, okay, we're instituting the Triple G rule. So the Triple G rule, for any of my bronies out there, hey, season one finale of My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, they all go to the Grand Galloping Gala, <laughs> thus the G's, and uh, all the ponies had a different goal. Rainbow Dash wanted to meet the Wonderbolts, Applejack was going to sell her apple wares from the farm, Fluttershy wanted to meet the pets, everybody had their different thing, and they all split up and they had a miserable time. And once they all decided, like, screw that shit, let's just get together, and as long as we're together, it's fine... They ended up at a donut shop, had a great time. And from that year on, we started to like institute – it doesn't work all the time. We still have stuff to do. But making sure that the main priority at Comic-Con, more than the Marvel panel, more than the Steven Universe or the Batman Beyond or the Ripley's Believe It or Not, more of that was just like your friends who are – your geek buddies, yeah. if you will. There you go. <laughs> your geek buddies going down and making sure that you make the time to spend together. Yeah. And so that's actually what I get most excited about every year. Yeah, me too. I mean we're obviously very, very excited to go down and, and be bathed in all of the nerd goodness but yeah this is the week week weekend that i look forward to every year this is our yeah. this is our dude getaway i mean this is yeah, i know john is very very sad I'm right sorry. now <laughs> I know. you know what it was fine when we were talking about it weeks ago 
when, okay, I guess I'm not going because of them. Oh, well, I've been for 12 years. I could take a break, blah, blah, blah. But as we're getting closer to it and it's like <laughs> permeating the nerd world. The, the fear of missing out. Yeah, it's man. That FOMO. FOMO takes over big time. <laughs> also, but not just because of the panels, obviously. It's being down with everybody, like with us and our friends and like having the experiences and trying to find each other and not getting a signal and no, not knowing, wandering the floor <laughs> the and adventures, the adventures, right. And then stumbling back to the, to the, um, uh, um, hotel room, hoping no one else is in there. So you can take an hour or two hours to nap or, and turn on the ACE or turn the AC down to 61 degrees. Hey, our room is a meat locker. Yeah, it is absolutely a meat locker. It's the most beautiful thing. Uh, you know, the snoring competitions, <laughs> Who's farting to get the other person out of bed? Who's weird about whoa, sleeping whoa, on the whoa, ground? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> There's no question about who's farting to get someone out of bed. That's one person. I, I don't know. Let me put it this way. I'm not going to name names, mm-hmm. but it's one person, yeah. and it's not going to be a problem this year. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> or so you think. I've heard the stable of people that are running through that room. Who knows? Who knows? They're taking my spot. What's funny is when John initially told us, like, oh, I don't think I'm going to be able to go this year. I mean, we were we were understanding. He's mm. like, oh, that's that's disappointing. Like, that, oh, it's too bad. Like, we're really yeah. going to miss you. Kalinowski was mad. Yeah. Kalinowski <laughs> is still mad. He comes after me on Twitter about it whenever I post it. He goes, did you choose? He goes, did you have no choice? Did you really have no choice? And I'm like, yeah, man, it's a wedding in Portland. It's my girlfriend. I love her to death. I got to go. And he goes, my woman knows one thing a year. And I'm like, yeah, you go ahead and tell your woman to tell her family members when to have their weddings. You better hope Kalinowski and his woman aren't listening to this podcast. Oh, I want him to listen. Yourself, you can get yourself in trouble. I want him to listen. Uh, him and Shannon Barr. Oh, never mind. I don't want to say the name. They can, they can what, uh, uh What's a geek memory? Like, what are your like top geek memories of Comic Con's past? Well, I mentioned the Gabay being backstage. Gabay getting me backstage for Iron Man two. Seeing Scarlett Johansson in person and Robert Downey Jr. in person that's overwhelming. Because like when they, they talk, because they are beautiful. They well, yes. When you talk about stars, when you're really in the presence of a star, I don't care how cool you think you are, it is overwhelming. It is overwhelming, and you're just like, damn, this is a whole nother level of existence that I do not have a concept of. I've only watched from the outside. So to be able to be there and like listen to them and watch like five feet away and hear them like talking and answering questions, blah, 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 um, that, was, that was incredible. I would say that's one of the geek moments, if I can. Um, well, mine is definitely the Hall H story. So uh, John and I, mm. for years, would wait out in that line. We'd, we'd get out there at like five in the morning. Well said, John and I. Yes, just me and you. Yeah, well, yeah. That's what, yeah. Isn't that what Just me and you. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm getting at. I don't, I don't wait in line. Oh, I know, princess. <laughs> Mike would bring supplies later. Yeah. <laughs> He'd bring coffee just and, to and hold, breakfast. Just so he'd hold his line so he could sleep comfortably in the bed. By the way, I think this story redeems me. Continue. <laughs> Fair enough. Shannon, please continue. Fair enough. <laughs> so uh, it, the last, I don't know, almost 10 years, like getting into Hall H, has, that is the hot ticket. People it are is. lining up the day before, and it became clear, this this one particular year, I think it was Kalinowski's first year staying with yeah. us, um, we weren't going to get in. Like we, The line... 8 p.m. the night Literally before. two miles down the road through the ships. Yeah. It was so far down. Yeah. I mean, it's like this This isn't going to happen. And yeah. so we were all a little disappointed. 
And the next day we got up and there was just sort of like normally when we wake up, I mean, there is sort of the the uh, uh, trading of bodily function. Sure, sure. <laughs> there's a lot As of, men do. There's a lot of morning toots. <laughs> yeah, I love how don't, you think you're above don't, it. Don't, don't, you're don't. usually passed out doing it, so you don't remember that you're doing it, Mike. <laughs> I feel like I'm being very attacked this <laughs> But it was somber that morning. It was like, oh, yeah. my God, this is... This is too bad. I mean, I even talked about like, ah, maybe I, I guess I could just go take the train back today. Yeah, like, we had come to terms that we weren't going to get in, yeah. which was a sad moment. And Vogel is calling every person he knows. Like, he is trying to make this happen True. for us. And then at the 11th hour, he gets, a, he gets a message from one of our friends saying, hey, get over here now. And people are Kalinowski and Roker. Okay. Tra- we did military showers, which means uh, <laughs> under 120 seconds. <laughs> 90 seconds in the shower. Yeah, 90 seconds. And uh, a friend of ours, was. we were very, very lucky. He, he knew someone who knew someone. Right. And we walked up right into Hall H. Yeah, there was a password and we got in. So, redeemed. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, fair <laughs> You're welcome. Fair enough. You did. You did. And and you did that because you saw how disappointed we were. You you all don't know. You've never seen grown ass straight men. Look like some like it looked like someone's nana had died. Like they were moping or like like it was like the Charlie Brown music was playing in our hotel room as they just sort of like slumped around the room. Oh, it's true, true. Maybe I'll go home today. What's the point? I just want to see some exclusive footage. And it's already so cold, so we're walking around with the comforter yeah. wrapped around us. Like it was bad. It so was bad. I was, I was happy. I was happy to help out. <laughs> <laughs> but that's ours. Like, you've been going the longest. What is yours? Yeah, you know what? I was sitting here trying to, I was like, I was like damn, I asked the question. I don't have an answer. Really? Like, I don't, I, I, there's been so many. Um, I mean, I think this story has been told several times, yeah. but I mean, Comic-Con is the first place where I ever blacked out drunk. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> Our listeners might not know this. Yelling story. at uh, <laughs> Edward James Olmos about the United Nations. That's true. I remember So, this. I mean, that's a memory. Um, yeah. Yeah, we were all at the EW party, and I somehow got in a conversation with Edward James Olmos about how he and some of the cast of Battlestar Galactic had gone to the United Nations and talked about diplomacy and other stuff, and he started telling me some things about the United Nations, and I disagreed with him, and he got as close to my face as this microphone is and I remember him being in my face. He was in your face? And then Was he joking in your face or was he really in your face? He wasn't in my face like angry. Because he, he, he could be an intense dude. He was passionate. Oh fair. That's a little about he, the United Nations. You're used to that. And I remember him being passionate in my face and then I opened my eyes and it was six AM and I was in the Hard Rock Hotel, which was not where I was staying. <laughs> <laughs> So you blacked out in the middle of an argument with Edward James. Apparently, I was great after that. Apparently, oh. I was dancing on some fountains with the cast of Battlestar Galactica. Like, I don't. It was, apparently, I was very entertaining after that. I don't remember any of that. Did he storm away? You would have to ask him. Wow, I was not fully there. <laughs> um, oh, that must be a great story. It was. It was. It was quite an evening. Mm. <laughs> I don't know what else. I mean. Yeah, it's all Hall H memories, like the Harry Potter thing. Oh yeah, with Eddie Redman, right? Yeah, with no homie getting stabbed with the eye, in the eye with a pencil for a seat. 
Oh, remember, remember that? that? Yeah, that was right before the Cowboys and Aliens panel. Yeah, because they the whole all of Hall H went on lockdown. Yeah, and you know it was that game of telephone throughout the hall, like what actually happened. Yeah, because I mean it was like forty minutes. It was, yeah, it was, it was forty or forty five minutes before the next long panel delay finally started. And then when they did, they were introducing Cowboys and Aliens. John Favreau came out, and then because it was his first Comic Con, yeah. they had a special welcome for Harrison Ford, who came out. In cuffs, in flanked handcuffs. by two security guards. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I really wanted that seat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's he made, funny. He made a whole joke out of it, which is brilliant. <laughs> I remember uh, our friend uh, Justin getting into it with a few cosplaying ladies oh. behind us during the Women Who Kick Ass panel. I remember that being a thing. Shannon was never more uncomfortable in his entire life. <laughs> because the, let's, just, let's just all get along. <laughs> Yeah, he was, for whatever reason, Justin thought he was live tweeting this thing verbally. And uh, <laughs> it got into a lot of his, and I remember that being a thing that, that happened. I remember that being a memory in Hall H. Well, no, and you ended up having a conversation with them. And, yeah, and yeah, to come, to, 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 you know, just to kind of smooth the, things over and like apologize to them and tried to explain where I think Justin was coming from. So they didn't care. A lot of passions at Comic-Con. There is, look, nerd rage is all the rage at Comic-Con. Let's tell the truth here, passions. man. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but the yeah. great thing about it is, one, I love seeing people that come from all over the world. Oh, sure. To come to this. And, you know, they put on their cosplay with varying levels of um, skill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But sure. you, you've never seen people so happy yeah. as walking around the convention floor. Yeah, I always, I always have this thought every year because every July I go to Comic-Con and then every August I go to Burning Man. Oh, yeah. Uh, and... As different as those two things are, there's like certain similarities. And one of them is, you know, you go to San Diego and the entire gas lamp district is just taken over. So everything is sort of transformed in this geek sort of uh, mecca. Yeah, this geek mecca. And everyone's in costume and everyone's happy to be there. And everyone, for the most part, uh, you know, pencil stabbings aside, (laughs) are actually sort of like pretty cool with each other. Yeah, it's it's pretty surprising and it's and it's just everyone's just so happy to be there and there's just sort of this lovely shared experience of being a geek that i think is so wonderful that sort of then i go to burning man a month later and everyone is out at burning man and excited yeah. to be at the burn and everyone's wearing costumes and everyone's wearing crazy stuff and it's just like this sort of level of self-expression that i think is really really great yeah. and i think that's like the greatest thing about being a geek i mean i think comic-con is sort of like the, the you know of all of all the different uh, conventions and comic cons and everything like San Diego Comic Con has become like the you know the penultimate. It's the mecca. The, it's the it's the bi- it's the it's the big show. Yeah. Uh, and sort of just having uh, the entire city of San Diego sort of embrace it the way that it does. Mm-hmm. And uh, by Sunday they're ready for us to leave. True. By Sunday they're yes. ready for us to get out. But like, <laughs> but like, but like the entire for the entire because you know I mean like technically uh, New York Comic Con is a bigger Comic Con. Yes. There are more people. More people go to New York Comic Con than San Diego Comic Con. Is right. it centrally located? Uh, it's at the Javits Center. And so yeah. This is what I was going to say. Is what's interesting, but it's spread out into different. For places. anyone listening who's who's been to both or is curious mm. about both, so the Javits Center in New York City is is down, uh, you know, down near the water. But like it's 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 a bigger convention hall. There's more space. There's more people there. Yeah. Um, but the difference and the reason that I really prefer San Diego Comic Con is that the Javits Center, once you go into the Javits Center, it's full craziness. It's the costumes, it's the panels, it's everything. It's all the same kind of craziness. But you walk out of the Javits Center and you walk away three blocks 
and you're in Manhattan. Yep. And it's not, it, it is no longer, it's Manhattan. Yeah. You look like you're going to your shift in Times Square. Yeah. And uh, in San Diego, the entire gas lamp uh, district is just transformed. Everything for, you know, the, that entire... 20 you know, two, to 30 blocks. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, it's all Comic-Con. Yeah. And it's all sort of embraced. And so, you know, you spill out of the convention center and FX every year between the Hilton Bayfront <laughs> and, uh, and the convention center kind of sets up a bunch of, like, carnival stuff yeah. uh, that even if you're not going into Comic-Con, you can go enjoy. And there's things out front. And just it's just the entire city. It turns into sort of, a, like, a geek carnival for three days. And yeah. it's, it's great. That yeah. FX courtyard, that is never... It's never done on time. Yeah. Because the first night we always typically go out and we, we typically have a big night the first night Kalinowski and I the last three or four years have ended up uh, outside that courtyard with Subway at like three in the morning <laughs> and we're watching the crews racing to get this done before will, the next day I will say that, that the last couple of years I've suffered from not being as young as you guys because like you guys will stay up and live on three to four hours a night and I have found that I need that six to function to fully enjoy my con. I will do it more than you, but I don't do it nearly as much. Oh as, no. As well Mike. this one, he's a they should study Bogle in science class. Like they should <laughs> take a vial of your blood and you know, it looks like a demogorgon in there or something. Like, I don't know incredible. what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> this is just life for him. <laughs> yeah, no. He wakes and the thing with Michael, we gotta wrap up, we were over that hour mark, but like the thing with Michael is Michael will go drinking till four AM and or three AM and wake up at five AM and go work out, no problem. And go and spend the whole entire day doing stuff maybe come back to the hotel room for like 45 minutes to rest and then back out again it's an incredible engine that he has for comic sounds like a Tuesday (laughs) 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 and uh, and for anybody who is going for their first time who's possibly listening to us here's what my one piece of advice and maybe you guys would want to throw something in is take your time don't worry about missing out on stuff uh, make the con your own. Like, just f- roll with the changes and uh, all the different things that will c- pop up. That's what makes the Comic Con experience so much fun. You may not enjoy in the moment that you missed out on a panel, or missed out on this, but the in- but you don't know where missing out on something is going to lead you to. And that's been some of the funnest experiences I've ever had at Comic Con is when something doesn't work out and I have to adjust my schedule. Oh well, I wasn't going to do this, but this looks cool, and I go and wander the artist alley or wa- or go pick out new shirts or something like that, or go just wander the floor and find some in- installation that I might not have uh, taken part in or taken a look at and enjoyed it. Yeah, I would say uh, more than anything, be nice. Yeah, be patient. Truth. Uh, make eye contact, say please, say thank you, and, and not just with uh, not with, not just with your fellow geeks, but also with the convention center employees. Oh yeah, with the food service yep. employees. Very like big. this is they are they have a very hard job for those four to five days. So again, everyone's there for the same thing. Just be nice and have a good time. All right. So anybody who's packing for Comic Con right now, I know you got your geek T-shirts. You got those ready got your laptop so that you can update everybody on everything that you've seen put the deodorant and the axe body spray (laughs) pack the deodorant pack the axe body spray liberally use it nobody wants to smell you yeah that is that is the big there's a lot of there's a lot of smells on the convention floor And we can all do yep. our part to make those smells pleasant. No, there you uh, go. Well if, you're, said. if you're bringing a giant bag, you can fit a little bit, little travel you deodorant put, yeah, in yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but also, to Johnny's point, you're not going to get into every panel you want to get into. Yeah. 
you are not going to get every exclusive that you set out to get. And if you focus on that, you're not going to have a good time. But if when it doesn't happen, you just turn around, the place is so damn big, there's something happening. Some of my best moments at Comic-Con were waiting in line at the Starbucks at the bottom of the Hilton Bayfront for 40 <laughs> minutes to get coffee, but the place, but they were playing all of the Batman movies, and I made a bunch of friends in line, and we talked about how much we loved Batman Returns. And that year, that was one of my favorite memories. So literally, it's a geek mecca, and no matter where you are, there's something fun to enjoy. So just take a moment, look around, and enjoy it. There you go. John, are you troubled by the fact that one of Michael's favorite memories are with strangers and not with us? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's part of being friends with Vogel. He always likes to shine a new toy on the shelf more than the one in his pocket. <laughs> All right, well, let's, uh, that's, that's this episode of the Geek Buddies. want to thank everybody for listening and downloading this episode. And if you're heading off to Comic-Con, I will miss you, but the boys will be there. So if you see Michael, if you see Shannon, go up and say hi to them and say you're a listener to the Geek Buddies. That'll be perfect. Um, uh, how do we want to wrap up the show? What do you guys want to say? Yeah, if you want to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, it's at the underscore geek underscore buddies. And if you would like to follow me on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. There you go. I am at MKToon on Twitter and Instagram. Okay, and I am at the Roka says on Twitter and on Instagram. And as Michael usually says at the end of the show, he's rusty now. Please give us ratings and reviews on iTunes to help us get seen by the people there at iTunes and by other listeners who come on board the Geek Buddies train and become buddies with us as well. That really means a lot to us. Is that? Oh, I'm getting the. I'm getting the look. I took a picture of it. I'm going to put it up on the Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. All right, and as always, thanks everybody for listening. We'll talk to you next time on the The Geek Buddies. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.